Welcome to Crystal Clear Finances, where we understand that finances, well, they can be confusing. But you don't have to face it alone, and you can have confidence for every financial decision. My name is Crystal Langdon. I am a certified financial planner, qualified kingdom advisor, founder of Crystal Clear Finances, and your host for the next 30 minutes. Now, today we're going to be talking about a question that I have for you, which is, are you being sold? Now, you might say, Crystal, what do you mean? But I'm talking about, have you ever been someplace and after you've made the purchase, you think, I I think I just got sold. Why did I do that? Why did I make that impulse decision? Why did I trust all those different areas? Well, I want to talk about that today because here we are at the beginning of the year and people are excited to talk about finances finally, and they want to find a financial advisor. They're excited to be working with someone. And so when they find someone with a shingle outside that says, hey, I'm a financial advisor, they jump in and sometimes they walk away from the experience feeling, I've just been sold. So I thought today what we'll do is we'll talk about the 10 traits of a salesperson. This way you can look at it and say, huh, I don't want to go that route. I want to go a different route because as you'll see in just a few moments, there are plenty of people out there that want to be a financial advisor, but they may not be the right one for you. And I want you to understand that there are so many families. In fact, there are 83 million working families in the U.S., and this is according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor for January 2023, so there's probably more by now. We're a whole year later. And out of those 83 million working families, there's only 300,000 financial advisors. That's a big gap. So there are plenty of people to be working with financial advisors. So when I share this with you, it's not because, oh, gee, I can't find anyone. There's plenty of people out there. But what we want to do is make sure you're finding the right one for you. Out of the 300,000 financial advisors, according to the CFP organizations, there is 95,000 CFPs, which is a certified financial planner, which means 300,000 minus 95,000, all the rest are not certified financial planners. And we've gone through radio programs where we've talked about the hoops you have to jump through in order to be a certified financial planner, the testing that goes on. It's not your typical study for six months and now you get to have a series something license. This is where we're talking about a two-year program where you're learning modern portfolio theory. You're learning protection strategies. You're learning about a holistic approach to financial planning. Now, Out of the 95,000, so we've got 300,000 financial advisor, 95,000 of them are CFPs. Well, there are 2,500 kingdom advisors. Put that in perspective. That means there's only 2,500 kingdom advisors, which are individuals who say, I want to come alongside you and help you to invest your money the way that lines up with your values. Now, There may be some other uh, financial advisors that are out there that say, hey, Crystal, I'm not a a kingdom advisor, but I do want to help my clients. And I believe that there are those who are not kingdom advisors that do want to align it. 
But you have to understand with a kingdom advisor, we now, on top of everything that I have as a certified financial planner, we have another batch of CE credits that we need to do. We also have to submit our tax returns. Yep. We have somebody looking at our tax returns as financial advisors and saying, okay, they know how to manage their money. And to me, that's so important. When we don't want to walk away feeling sold, then we need to be working with people that are actually talking about things that they are living. They can give advice because they've been there, not because they hope someday they'll go there. So when we look at this, we want to be looking and saying, out of all the different uh, avenues that are out there, who do we want to be our financial advisor? You know, I read something the other day and it said, and this was according to Capital One CreditWise survey, and it says 73% of Americans rank their finances as the number one stress point in their life. So here we are at the beginning of the year and people are willing to talk about a stressful subject. They're willing to talk about their finances. Why? Because many of them want their life to be different this year. They want to make the change. A lot of times they just don't know how. And so they start in January and say, okay, I'm going to start my New Year's resolution. I'm going to make sure that I line everything up properly. And unfortunately, many times it doesn't work that way. But we want to change that this year. So that's why we're going to talk about the 10 traits of a salesman or saleswoman, I should say, anyone who's in sales. You know, one of the things that I enjoy is when George and I go car shopping. Now, it doesn't happen very often because once we buy a car, then we're with it for years and years. But I always watch him and I learn so much from this. Now, if you knew my husband, you know he is not chatty Kathy, right? He just like very, how was your day? Fine. You know, and me, how was your day? As you can tell, I'm the one on radio. <laughs> so when he goes to a car dealership, when he's there, he's very chatty. And he asks what I look at him in the beginning. I'd be like, you know the answer to that. He asks silly questions, easy, soft ball questions. And what he's doing is he's lobbing that out there, the question, to see if the person who's going to sell him the car is going to give him consistent, real answers if he's going to be truthful. He wants to see if this guy knows more about the car that he's trying to sell him than my husband knows. When we're talking with financial advisors, some of the things that the steps that we need to go through is it's okay to ask questions and start with the easy ones, ones that you know the answers to, to see how they think, how they react, how they're looking at finances. Because what ultimately you want to do is you want to make sure that the way that they are thinking about finances, the way they process their strategies are in alignment with yours. Now, I know you might be saying, well, that's hard to do because... I don't know what strategies to use. Okay, so let's start with the basics. Find out the basics on the way that they think to make sure you have a baseline that you can build your trust off of. Then begin to hear what their thought processes are in creating wealth. Do they believe that the stock market is the only answer for creating wealth? I hope not. We want to make sure that they're well diversified, that they're looking at things like real estate, and the stock market. 
owning your own businesses, different ways that you can create income. I don't think that the stock market's the only way. I think owning business and owning real estate are two huge ways that people become wealthy in this country. And we just use the stock market for the potential to create some wealth so we can use that wealth and put it into another vehicle so that we can grow wealth there. There are a lot of things that we need to talk. You need to talk with your financial advisor about. So let's jump into our discussion and let's talk about out of the 10 areas, let's start with the first one. How do you know when you're being sold? Well, in the financial planning industry, when a financial advisor makes a sale, if they're under the old way of doing it, where they're selling a mutual fund and they're doing an A share or a C share, something where there's an upfront commission, what happens? Well, they meet a person, they spend time with that person, they sell them something, they get paid now for all that time they spent. But then what happens? Well, that money was only paid once. So what do they have to do? They have to move now and go to the next person and spend time with the next person and then make the sale to the next person. And then they get paid that one time. And so there's a constant having to find new clients on a regular basis. I understand, and I want to make sure I preface this, financial advisors need to be paid. You need to be paid. When you go to work, you're doing a service. As you become skilled in your service, hopefully you're getting promotions and, and climbing up the ladder and you're paid even uh, you're paid well. With financial advisors, we have a choice in how we set up our business. We can set up our business so that it is commission-based, meaning I have to make a sale and then move on to the next person, or I can set it up where it's more of a fee-based where I've made a sale and now I have the time to stay with that person and continue to service that person on an ongoing basis. When I look at it as an individual and I have a financial advisor, when I go, I don't want to be commission-based. Now, that's my choice because I don't want them to make a sale and then say, this isn't sustainable for me. I need to go make another sale because I have to pay rent or I have to do this for the office or whatever things. I would rather know that I pay a fee, a flat annual fee that says, okay, if you cause my investments to do well, then you will get more. You, the fee will stay the same, but it will be the same fee on a larger amount. So you have an incentive to want to grow my book of business, grow my assets under management. This is something that you need to consider. How is the advisor who's meeting with you getting paid? One time or ongoing? Ongoing, in my belief, allows us the ability, which is why I've set up my business this way, it allows the advisor the ability to spend time with you to not have to worry about making more sales and instead can say, how can I best service you and your family? Now, it would be a little scary if you were the only one that the advisor had, unless maybe you had $25 billion, and that would make sense to me. So they're going to have a book of business, a group of clientele that pay them on an annual basis, 
But there's a difference between someone who has a nice book of business, who has a great relationship with their clients, and an advisor who's so hungry, needing that money to come in to pay for their office or to pay for their own lifestyle, that they're constantly chasing. These are things, this number one of the 10 traits, these are things you can ask your advisor, whoever you're interviewing, say, how are you paid? Are you paid commission or are you paid fee-based? Those are the two questions that I think are critical to understand because it lets you know the sustainability of their business plan. And the business plan that your advisor put in place is for his life, correct? So if you ask about it and it's not a good plan that will keep him sustained, how do you know he's going to have a good plan for your life and to keep that sustained? See, it also goes back to those concepts and understanding how your advisor thinks. Well, I'm looking at the clock. We're going to take a quick 60-second break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about point two because it's important as we go through this list. And yes, I know, we're not going to go through all 10 of them this week. But I'm telling you, if you will stay with me this week and join me again next week, you will have an outline that you will be able to walk into an interview with an advisor because you're interviewing them. And you'll be able to say, these are the questions I have. And it's not just the questions. Remember, it's the thought process behind. We're asking if they're continually looking for leads, not because we want to know if they're wealthy. We want to know how have you set up your business structure and have you set it up in a way that you're constantly having to chase and make new sales or have you set it up in a structure that allows you to serve the clients you already have. And we'll be back in just 60 seconds. The market isn't the only way to potentially grow wealth. This is Crystal Langdon with today's Financial Gem. I believe there are two different approaches when helping people financially. The first is to find better products that potentially could provide a higher rate of return, but often requires more risk. Or the second is to become more efficient with the resources you now have. The choice is yours. We can't control the market, but we can control our efficiency. Call Crystal Clear Finances today at 518-433-7181. And we're back with more Crystal Clear Finances. It is such a pleasure to be here with you. I love talking about finances and empowering you to say, hey, I can have confidence in making the right financial decision. And I think this month of January, what a great time when people are ready to talk about finances to help you say, here's a list that you can go in and find the one that's right for you. Remember, there are plenty of financial planners out there. According to the studies, there's over 300,000. And yet there is 83 million of you. So you can go around and you can look to see which one fits your criteria. So right before the break, I talked about the fact that we always need, one of the things to do is ask, are you always needing to have a new lead? How are you getting paid? Is it fee-based or is it commission? Now, the next thing that I want to talk about, and this is 
related to financial as well as related to how they're compensated. Because to me, compensation drives a lot of things. Why do people make the decisions they do? And we need to know that. You know, if you read a lot of articles or you Google, you can see that there's been a lot of outcry against variable annuities. And for good reason, for many individuals, I don't believe, and this is just me personally, it's the right thing. But for the right individual, at the right time, I think it could be a great tool. We have one individual I'm thinking of right now who used his annuity. He has put taken out so much more than what he put in. It worked in his case. He has lived a very long life. He's gotten back everything, and it just still keeps paying him. That was a good move. But we did not put everything he had in it. We made sure that he had liquidity. Because remember, when you look at annuities, they pay a set amount out. And their, uh, I wanted to say spiel, but I guess that's not the right thing. Their feature, that's a better word. Their feature is that they will continue to pay for as long as you live, as long as you stay within the boundaries. Now, annuities many times are one of the highest paying commission products out there. So if you see a lot in Google and different articles that say, hey, this is not a good product. People are being sold it. They have $20,000 to their name and an advisor is putting them in an annuity. I would agree with that. What is $20,000 doing in that annuity? What we want to look at, if that's all that they have, the laws right now won't allow you to do that. There was enough outcry on it. But we have to understand what are the commission rates? Now, the Department of Labor and the SEC and all the different regulations now say that people have to understand what they're paying as a fee to their advisor. I think that's a great thing because I've sat down with my clients and said, okay, this is what I think you should do. And here's the compensation I will receive if you don't do it, right? Because their money's already being managed by me. And here's the compensation I'll receive if you go over here. I can't tell you how many times someone has said to me, but wait, you're actually going to make less money. I'm like, mm-hmm, but let's look at the benefits. The benefits now that we have a product that's going to work in your situation outweigh staying where you are right now. So we're going to move a portion over here. We've done that many times. I think that's why we have such a good client base because of that trust factor to be able to say, let me show you black and white. I'm not making this recommendation because all of a sudden there's going to be a huge commission here. I'm able to show them this is what my commission would be. Here's what my fee would be. Here's what my fee would be if you had stayed in the current one. Being able to know not only if an advisor is commission-based or fee-based, that's important, but we also want to know what products are they using. Are they using alternative investments? which many times can be risky. Are they just working with accredited investors? Are they using products that are known to be the highest commission paid? And if they are, and it's for a good purpose, then okay, that makes sense. But what percent of their business is it? Is 90% of their business in the highest paying type of investment product out there and only 10% in the remainder? Hmm. I would wonder on that because remember, investments, I believe, are either appropriate 
or inappropriate. So it's not that these high fee commission-based are wrong. It's just wrong, in my opinion, if it's being used as the answer to everything. So when you go back to our original question today, which was, am I being sold? These are the things you want to know. If, Mr. Advisor, I say no to this recommendation, what other options do you have available to me? I know many times we sat down and we'll say, this is what we feel is the ideal for you to do. And then here's an option. If you are not comfortable with that, here's why I think option A is the better choice. But sometimes people don't want money locked up certain ways, or sometimes there's other concerns. And so we have to pivot to an option B or an option C. But what happens if you're working with an advisor who either A, can only sell option A, or B, doesn't want to sell anything else? These are real questions that keep you from being sold. It allows you to go in and let the advisor know, hey, I need to know how much you're paying. I am okay with paying you, right? A workman's worthy of their hire. We pay uh, our doctors. We pay our attorneys. We should pay people who are giving us good, godly counsel that's going to help us create wealth. That makes sense because you get what you pay for. But what we want to do is make sure that we're not overpaying because someone's using a product that is just best for them. All right. I think I've beaten that to a little bit too hard, but either way, it prepares you. So first two, are they always needing a new lead source? And number two was compensation. How are they being paid? So let's talk about the third area that we want to look at when we're looking at the traits of a salesperson to make sure that you're not being sold. This one, and this is maybe where we're going to end today, is they spend very little time studying financial concepts. Now, there is a difference between studying a financial product and studying a financial concept. So a product is like a tool, right? So you're going to learn all the ins and outs of the tool. And if an advisor is handing an investment tool to a client and says, this is the tool for you, yes, He does or she does needs to know how that tool works in the good, the bad, the ugly. So there is nothing wrong in being an expert in the financial tools. I think you need to. But there also needs to be the ability to understand the bigger picture, the financial concepts. You know, it's maybe the best way to look at this is there are strategic conversations you can have with people that talk about strategy the long-term, the overall arching theme of what's going on. And then there are tactical conversations you have, right? Which means here's my strategy. Now I'm going to get very tactical. Here's the steps I think that you need to take to make sure this strategy is implemented correctly. If we don't have a strategy and we just have tactical of this is how you fill out the form. This is where you put your money. Yep, you should be fine. Where was the strategy in that? Where were the concepts in that? To me, a financial advisor must bring to the table strategy. They've got to be able to show that bigger picture, not just that they know how to use tools and investment tools, but they need to know how to use them effectively. You know, they talk a lot about, or at least we talk a lot about, that there are five areas 
where you lose money unknowingly and unnecessarily. If you've listened to me for any length of time, you know that I harp on this topic because that's a concept. That's a concept that says, wait a minute, maybe the answer isn't just that, hey, go make more money and get a second job. Maybe the answer is we become more efficient with what we have now. You know, I always like that thought process because it reminds me of the, the scripture that says, if you're faithful with a little, he makes you ruler over much. So we want to make sure whatever amount that we have, that what we do is that we're efficient with it. So instead of just saying, I'm trying to make the most rate of return, biggest bang for my buck, what if we were instead able to help you become more efficient with what you have? Those are the questions that we want to begin to ask. So when it comes to our qualified plans or our mortgages, how we're paying taxes, we have to pay taxes, but being able to position our resources so we only pay taxes once on them instead of multiple times on the same dollar. Learning how to do educational expenses. And then the last one would be major capital purchases. And of course, what's a major capital purchase? Anything that you want to buy that you can't pay in full out of your monthly cash flow. That would be a major capital purchase. Maybe buying a car, major capital purchase, a boat, something that just isn't in the regular cash flow for the month. When we begin to understand concepts and begin to understand strategies, then when we look at this, we can look at your finances and say, okay, let's look at the holistic picture. We can begin to talk about legacy planning. We can talk about protection planning, making sure things are in position for when you're retired. You know, a lot of times people wait to that two years before they retire, and then they call me and say, I've been listening to you for years, Crystal, and I'm ready to meet with you. And I'm like, oh, good. I'm glad. Don't let that stop you. But being able to meet beforehand so we could put things in place so it had time to grow and mature so that when we get to retirement, we can turn on those tanks and have that money come out. These are things that we want to do. But again, it goes back to strategy. You know, I'm looking at the clock. I've got three minutes left, but I want to share this one story with you. I got an email from a client, very well-off client, who has a mortgage at 2.99%. And over the weekend, she listened to Dave Ramsey. Bless his heart. Because Dave Ramsey is not licensed. Dave Ramsey is allowed to say anything he wants on the radio to anyone without compliance repercussions. And so he made a statement that if you do not have a 15-year mortgage and you have a 30-year mortgage, you need to go right out to the bank and refinance it. Okay, can everyone think about what the rates are right now? 7%, 8%, and she has a 2.99%. 20 years left on it, but at 2.99, can easily afford that. But because somebody said something without having a strategy, you question to say, maybe am I wrong? Now, thankfully, we were able to pull out our plan, look at the plan, go over why we're doing the things that we're doing, show her what it would literally cost her if she went ahead and put her 2.99 and paid the closing costs and refinanced it again just because of something she had heard. Understanding 
not just the tools of, hey, you could refi, there could be some money, but understanding strategy for your life keeps you, in my opinion, from going off the guardrails. It keeps you straight, like, okay, this is the path that we have. Well, we are at the end of our time together. And yep, I got to point three out of the 10 traits of a salesperson. But I believe that these are so important. And it's not just reading, here's the bullet points, okay? It's about understanding why am I asking about compensation? Why is it important that they have a strategy? Why do they need to be spending just as much time on the concepts than they are on spending how the tools work? I still think they need to know the tools, but they also need to know the strategy to know which tools to use when. Many people have uncommon income, and I think it's time that they have uncommon advice, that they not just hear something and say, oh, that's what I'm going to apply to my life. What applies to your life should be specified and unique to you. Well, I'm going to give, uh, invite you to give me a call at 518-433-7181 and let's schedule a free initial consultation and then join me again next week as we continue to provide financial clarity so that you can have confidence for every financial decision. Thank you and God bless. This program is for educational purposes only. We understand that finances are complex. Facing them alone causes stress, resulting in wrong choices, missing out on opportunities, and having to settle for a lower standard of living. At Crystal Clear Finances, our team approach focuses on providing clarity and confidence so you can make the right financial decisions. Investment advisory and financial planning services are offered through AlphaStar Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Clear Finances and AlphaStar are separate and independent entities. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.